you're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. Let's talk all about the difference between content and a really good course. Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. And this question comes up uh, quite a bit, actually, and I've spoken to um, a fair few different groups about it, and I've seen it come up in lots of Facebook groups. And I've seen lots of people talk about creating content and then kind of just shoving it into an online platform and ta-da, I've got a course. But coming from, I guess, an instructional designer, coming from someone who builds a lot of courses, I know that there are actually some key differences between just content, so videos and and PDFs and that sort of thing, and what makes a great course. And so I'm going to take you through what I think are the five differences between content and a really good course today. Now, you might find that not all five apply directly to your course, and that's okay, but I'm hoping that as you work your way through, you can pick up some little nuggets of gold that you can take with you and apply to your course. So number one, the biggest difference between content and a course is structure and order. I quite like these. I'm an orderly kind of list creation-y kind of a person and structure and order just makes sense to me. Not everyone feels naturally as excited about structure and order. I get that, but it, it makes it's my happy place. But the main difference between just content and building a course is that your course should be a structured series of pieces of content in a specific order. Anyone can go and Google something and pull some content off the internet. But the difference between that and your program is your program has a clear beginning, middle and end. It guides them through a process step by step in a logical order. So rather than Googling and finding just a wealth of information and being overwhelmed by all the stuff, you're going to break your content down into a structure that guides them from beginning to end that helps them learn on the way through. This is part of the reason why I'm a big advocate for not just recording a four hour video, dumping it inside a platform and calling it your course, because it's one giant piece of content, but that doesn't make it a good course. And breaking that down into a clear, structured, ordered, segmented list of little bits of content is going to get you and your audience much better results. The second thing that makes a big difference between content and a course is guided implementation. The aim of content normally is just to be absorbed you watch the TV, you read an article, you just absorb the information, which is great. It's knowledge. But I'm not a big believer in knowledge for knowledge's sake. What are we going to do with that? What was the purpose of that? And when it comes to course creation, you should be focused on the implementation of the knowledge, not just the absorption of the knowledge. So like, it's great if someone comes to your course and absorbs all your stuff, but if they don't do anything with it, if they don't implement anything, if they don't make any changes to their life or the way they work or any of the things that you're teaching them, then nothing for them has changed. And what that means is that they will think they got no results from your program. And it's not because your content wasn't good. It's because they didn't implement what they learned. So for you, the biggest difference between just content and a course is you're going to guide the implementation of the stuff you give them. It's your job to make sure that they know exactly how to implement what they just learned. What do you want them to do with each piece of content that you give them? Are there things they can go away and try? Are there journal prompts? Can there be reflection pieces? What do you actually want them to do with the stuff they just learned? 
Knowledge for knowledge's sake is lovely, but that's not what your course is about. Your course is about helping them to make a difference. And that means they've actually got to do something. And that's your job to help them do that thing. Mostly just by breaking down the way they're going to implement it into tiny, easy baby steps for them. So it doesn't feel like a big deal necessarily. So that they know once they've finished a piece of content, the next step they have to go away and do themselves and how they're going to make the changes. So the third difference then between content and a course builds on that and it's support. Content's great, right? I can read a book, I can read an article, I can watch Netflix and it's all just content, but there's no support in that. There's nothing to help me. I might watch a great documentary about veganism, but it's really hard then to just go it alone. You might. Some people get great results just by watching documentaries or reading books, absorbing the knowledge and going it alone, but most people don't. Most people need support. And that's where a big part of the difference between content and your course is the amount of support that you're going to give them. Now, this support doesn't have to be one-on-one. It doesn't have to be group programs. It doesn't have to be live coaching calls. There are lots of ways you can support your students. And I've done quite a few podcast episodes on support and there'll be plenty more coming as well. Really, I just want you to think about if they get stuck, how do they get unstuck? Is there a safe space they can come and tell someone they're stuck? Is there an email address they can reach out to, even if it's just because they've got technical issues, they can't work out how to log into the platform? Where do they go to get help? Because supporting them through this process is going to make a huge difference to just leaving them to go it alone. Of course, the price point of your course is going to make a big difference to the amount of support you're offering. If it's a high ticket program, you might be offering really high touch support. And of course, it's a low ticket offer. Maybe there's not a lot of support, but there should be something some mechanism where they can reach out if they get really stuck, even if it's not one-on-one support, even if it's a peer support group, maybe there's somewhere they can go to get help. One of the fourth things that I think is a difference between content and courses is assessment. Now, um, coming from a sort of formalized teaching background as such, um, assessment often strikes horror in the hearts of many. Um, I think you think school tests and essays and all that sort of thing, and it, it doesn't have to be like that. Really inside a course, what we're thinking is a way to make sure your students are on track. You don't have to have formalized assessment pieces, but a scattering of little questions here and there can really help you see if your content is working. When you get to the end of a module, for example, you might ask them what was their favorite thing they just learned. You might ask them what they were surprised to learn. You might ask them if there's something that they wished they had learned that wasn't covered in the content. You might ask them if they have any further questions. These little questions scattered throughout your program can give you a really good insight as to if your program is working or not. And that's really what assessment was there for. When you think about the way we assess students is to see if they've learned the thing that we've been teaching them. Now, I'm not a big advocate for the way schools do a lot of the assessment. I don't think that it necessarily works very well in a lot of cases. So we'll take that out of the equation for the moment. But you can use some of these strategies throughout your program to see if your content is working and to see if your students are learning the things that you're trying to teach them. You can ask them to submit files for you to have a look at. You can ask them to write an essay. I probably wouldn't, but you could. But you can definitely ask little questions. You know, if you've done a video on web hosting, you can ask a little question at the bottom, which says, now that you've watched the video, where do you think you will go to get your hosting? Or now that you've watched the video, have you set your hosting up? You can ask these little questions on the way through to see what's working and what's not. The fifth thing then, which builds upon the last, as you might have noticed, is feedback. So, and the problem with this is there's a lot of programs out there now that really don't have any feedback, which makes this very difficult, but a good course, a good supported program will have feedback. And that's two way. What that means is that if they've done something, you should be able to give them feedback on how they went. 
So if they've gone away and written something because you've asked them to write a sales page, for example, giving them feedback on that sales page is a really strong way for them to learn. It helps them see their mistakes. It helps them see where they can improve. As students, we're often overly critical of our progress. We'll look at something we've written and think it's terrible. And you giving feedback allows them to see the positives as well. And But the feedback can be both ways. Remember, feedback can be part of the process for you seeing if the course is working as well. And you asking about what's working and what isn't is part of that feedback loop so that you can see what you're doing well, not just what they're doing well. So a great course should have some sort of feedback mechanism in it where preferably you can give them feedback, but also allowing them to give you feedback. And so you can both improve on the things you've done. Time for the action step, because a lot of me talking doesn't help you build your course. You have to go and do something. And today I want you to have a think about those five things that we just spoke about. Good courses should have structure and order. They should have guided implementation that helps them do the thing you're teaching them to do. There should be some sort of support. In a perfect world, there might be some sort of assessment, questions scattered throughout, and some sort of feedback mechanism so you can give them feedback and they can give you feedback. Now, Depending on price point and size of your program, you might not be able to implement all of those strategies inside your course. If you've got a high ticket, high price offer, I genuinely think you should have all five strategies in there somewhere. If you've got a low ticket, $27 tiny offer, it's possible you won't have all of them. Perhaps you won't have a feedback cycle. Perhaps you might not have a lot of support, but you can have three of the five probably. There are definitely things in there that you can go and implement to help you create a stronger, better program. So really go back through those five stages. And what I want you to do is take at least one of those today and look at how you can implement that in your program to make it better for you and for your students. And once you've done one, well, you can have a think about the next one as well. Okay. It's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. Okay, don't stop them in the street. But please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes. And better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search content into courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.